It has been a great joy to consider this letter to the Hebrews, uh, all the brothers bringing the message to us and focusing our mind in this direction. Uh, We've seen that Jesus Christ is better. Jesus Christ is better. And um, for the purposes of my message, we'll see that Jesus Christ provides a better possession. Jesus Christ prepares a better country. And Jesus Christ gives a better resurrection. Um, And Jesus Christ has reserved something better for us. So if I wanted to take in the message altogether in a short phrase, I'd have to say faith's final reward. Faith's final reward. Um, Pastor Mark read that long passage, uh, so you know I'm not going to say something about every verse. Um, Hopefully, though, by way of summary, at least you'll get the the flow and the outline, and I'll bring out the pertinent points for um, to illustrate this faith's final reward. I do want to, because some of you have not had the opportunity to be here or listen, I'm sure, I want to back up for a moment and say that um, we have found that Jesus Christ is superior to all the nation of Israel, all that they might have placed their faith in other than him. Jesus Christ is superior um, to all that the nation of Israel might hope in. And I say the nation of Israel, I mean these Jews who were entrusted with the oracles of God, Um, according to Paul, because of the content of this letter, these Hebrew Christians um, could be tempted to turn away from faith in Christ and turn back to Judaism. And so they have to have Jesus Christ lifted up before them once again as the preeminent one, as superior to all that they have known before. The Hebrews uh, could be and would be tempted to put their hope or trust in something other than the Son of God, the Christ. The Hebrews might have thought too much of the angels, if you remember in chapter 1 and and that section. Uh, But particularly the message that that the angels spoke, or that God spoke through the angels. And this was the law. It was made clear to us. So... um, If these Hebrews, the writer writing to the Hebrews, if they make too much of the message that the angels gave of the law, then they're going to miss what Jesus gave in the fulfillment of the law, the message that is spoken by Jesus Christ and those eyewitnesses of him. Um, Because that's uh, in chapter three, we should not neglect such a great salvation. And it was spoken to by the Lord and then by those who were eyewitnesses, we find. Uh, And this letter goes about comparing important aspects of the Old Testament with Jesus Christ. The argument is that Jesus Christ is better than Moses. Jesus Christ is better than the rest that was provided for the people of God as they entered the literal promised land. That uh, Jesus Christ is a better high priest than those who minister in the tabernacle. Um, I hope you're getting the picture here, right? Jesus Christ is being lifted up through this letter. And the Hebrews are, are called to say, don't gaze at any other thing. Don't, don't settle for secondary things. Look unto Him. Um, Jesus Christ is a mediator of a better covenant. 
Because all the new covenant members know the Lord. What glorious good news that we have been walking through message by message, passage by passage of this letter to the Hebrews. God says, I will remember their sins no more. Eternal forgiveness of your sins, uh, the writer says to these Hebrews and says to us by those that believe in Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ entered into a better tabernacle and he offers himself as a better sacrifice, an eternal sacrifice to secure the salvation of his people. And so patiently endure in faith, patiently endure this life looking to him. I see as the as the call of the letter as a whole, and um, again, particularly the focus of the passage I'm going to try to bring out is within that faith, it's fulfillment, faith's final reward. I have to make some general comments about faith in Hebrews chapter 11, verse 1. Now faith is the assurance of things hoped for, the conviction of things not seen. This assurance or confidence of the things that a person hopes for. Do you have conviction of things about God that you cannot see? Well, um, many, every believer has throughout the ages. The old, uh, verse 2 says that um, the people of old received their condem, uh, condem, not condemnation, commendation by this faith, this seeing the things of God with the eye of faith, not with their little literal eye. By faith, even if you if you want to bring it down again to a general example, verse three of, cha- of chapter eleven gives us this understanding of the basics of faith. By faith, we understand that the universe was created by the word of God, so that it was seen, so that what is seen was not made out of things that are visible. It is only by faith or we could say believing the testimony of God recorded in Genesis that we understand that God made the universe by his word. You see, I I hope I'm not making too, you know, I I want to be clear. But faith, what is it? It's taking hold of the promises of God. It is having confidence in something that you cannot see. You can see this, though, these words on this, these pages of this book, this Bible that has been recorded. And so by faith, we take hold of these promises. We look to them and we are sure of them. Um, again, you, we could say more at a surface level, if you read down through chapter three and you thought to yourself, Wow, what did all these people go through? We would say by faith, these people of old experienced temporary victory. Why would I say such a thing? Well, uh, look there. um, Verse 29 of chapter 11. By faith, people crossed the Red Red Sea as on dry land. What an amazing feat that God enabled Of course, the Egyptians didn't have that faith. When they attempted to do the same, they were drowned. And then by faith, the walls of Jericho fell down after they had been encircled seven days. All of these illustrations of faith, of, you could say, victories in this life. And what, what wonderful things 
that faith led people to. And oh, may God, what wonderful things may He lead, victories may He lead us through by faith in, as we walk this life. By faith, Rahab the prostitute did not perish with those who were disobedient because she had given a friendly welcome to the spies. What more shall I say? And what glorious words in verse 32. For time would fail me to tell of Gideon, Barak, Samson, Jephthah, of David, Samuel, the prophets, who through faith, what they do? They conquered kingdoms. They enforced justice, obtained promises, stopped the mouths of lions, quenched the power of fire. I mean, faith led these people through extraordinary things. Can you imagine being in a lion's den? Daniel can, and he trusted in the Lord through the whole time. Can you imagine um, the power of fire being quenched? Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego put into that fire. And by faith, they're through faith, we might say, in the Lord and the deliverance of the Lord. These mighty things happened in this life. Escaped the edge of the sword. What victories became strong out of weakness, became mighty in war, put foreign armies to flight. And God had told many of his people, yes, um, they would inquire, Lord, shall we go up there and fight for your purposes to forward your plans? And he'd say, yes, go, you'll have the victory. And then they had faith in that promise and they went and they experienced it. Wonderful things that faith enabled these people and, and, and led these people through. Even women received back their dead by resurrection. Um, there were people resuscitated back to life. There's records of it in the Old Testament. Uh, the widow's son and... But every account that's located here, everything that's told to us here in Hebrews chapter 11 is not a temporal, earthly victory. And so we find even that by faith, the people of old experienced these temporal sufferings. That faith led them through these sufferings. So we go on there, the middle of verse 35, some were tortured, refusing to accept release so that they might rise again to a better life. Others suffered mocking and flogging and even chains and imprisonment. They were stoned, they were sawn in two, they were killed with the sword, one about in skins of sheep and goats, destitute, afflicted, mistreated, of whom the world was not worthy, wandering about in deserts and mountains and dens and caves of the earth. If we kept it at the surface level, we'd say, whoa, what wonder of faith that would lead a person through this life. And, and, and the writer to the Hebrews is exhorting them, patiently endure in the faith. And the faith might lead you to, through victory, it might lead you through temporal suffering, but endure in trust of the Lord. But um, if, if we bring our attention past the, the earthly and past the temporal struggle, if we fro- focus our attention upon salvation, faith is being sure of the things that you're hoping for. So are you... Are you sure that Christ is the sinner's only hope of salvation? Yes, I am sure you say Jesus is the only way to the Father. I've learned that from John 
14.6. Are you sure that there is not another way to be saved? Yes, I'm sure. The Bible gives no other hope of reconciliation to God other than Christ. There's one name under heaven and earth by which men might be saved. So you believe the Bible is true. Therefore, you say that Jesus is the one mediator between God and man. By faith, you know the gospel is true. Faith is believing the testimony of God. Faith is believing the testimony of God. And it's not only, uh, Brother Traver brought this out in his message, the elements of faith. It's not only just knowledge of the testimony of God. It's not just information in our head. Not just agreeing that this testimony is true, not just assenting to it, but there is a trust, a dependence, or there is a hope in the testimony of God for you, for your salvation. And so Hebrews chapter 11, verse 1, faith is the assurance of things hoped for, the conviction of things not seen, or evidence you might have there. Do you have conviction Of things not seen. Have you been convinced by the evidence of things you cannot see? Again, it's going to have to be a convincing through the testimonies of God by the power of the Holy Spirit. Um, But have you been convinced? Have you been convinced by the evidence of? Not seen by you anyways. You were not there the night that Jesus was born. Do you have conviction? Have you been convinced that the angel's testimony to the shepherds is true? And the angel said to them, fear not, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy. That will be for all the people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, who is Christ the Lord. Are you convinced? You have convictions of, of that, that, that thing, that, that testimony that you did not see or did not hear with your own ears. Are you convinced of the words of Simeon that he spoke when he held baby Jesus? Are you convinced that what he, Simeon said was true? He said, my eyes have seen your salvation. He really believed that this was his hope that he was holding here. That his sins were going to be atoned for. And he's holding a baby in his hands. He had faith, you see. He had assurance of things hoped for. Conviction. He was convinced of things that he had not seen until then. And then the Lord blessed gave him, let his faith be sight at that moment. But for you, I'm applying it to you now, because you don't have baby Jesus in your hands. But you've heard this testimony of what he said. My eyes have seen your salvation that you have prepared in the presence of all peoples. A light for revelation to the Gentiles and for glory to your people Israel. Yes. We must have this faith you see. And the Hebrews must persevere in this faith. They must go on looking to him. Are you convinced that John the Baptist's words about Jesus are true? Behold the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. I'm I'm asking you, are you convinced of the message of Christ? It was actually Hebrews chapter 2 that I was making reference to. I said 3 earlier. 
You can turn back there for a moment. Are you convinced? We need, this letter tells us that the Hebrew believers, and I would say us as well, we need to pay very close attention to this message of Christ. Therefore, we must pay much closer attention to what we have heard, lest we drift away from it. For since the message declared by angels, this law proved to be reliable, every transgression or disobedience received a just retribution. There was, if you broke the law, God was going to give the reward of breaking the law, and that's punishment. If God would be faithful to the words from the angels to the law, how shall we escape if we neglect such a great salvation? It was declared at first by the Lord, and it was attested to us by those who heard. While God bore witness by signs and wonders and various miracles, by gifts of the Holy Spirit distributed according to his will. So the importance, the importance of perseverance and um, the importance of faith, there, there is no other way. Uh, there is no other way. It's going to be by faith. It's going to be by grace through faith that we um, know the Lord and that we persevere until all, for all eternity for that matter. So I've said some general things about faith. Um, and, I, I, and again, from chapter 11, we see all these temporal things that they pass through. Um, we can look back at chapter 10. The reason I wanted to include this, Hebrews chapter 10, so when we're turning back from 11, we see... In verse 32, recall the former days when after you were enlightened, you endured a hard struggle with suffering, sometimes being publicly exposed to reproach and affliction, sometimes being partners with those so treated. You had compassion for those in prison. We could go back and we'd say, yes, and look, uh, the, the writer reminds his readers, look, don't forget how you have endured by faith. You have endured through the struggles and the trials of this life. Don't forget, remember how you have endured. They must not forget. But how is this persistence in the faith possible? And we say faith is a gift from God and we're saying that faith is we're assured of the testimony of God, what God said is true. I would have to point us to verse 34 and then the second half, really. But you had compassion on those in prison and you joyfully accepted the plundering of your property since you knew that you yourselves had a better possession and an abiding one. Some translations go on and talk about this heavenly uh, possession. So endurance is ultimately going to be possible and is ultimately faith or enduring in faith is ultimately motivated with an eye to faith's final reward. Consider this. Look ahead, brethren. And so um, they experienced great suffering. We just read it, read through verse 32 and, and following there. Um, and in, in verse 35, he says, therefore, 
Don't throw away, do not throw away your confidence, which has a great reward. Do not throw away this boldness. You, you note that he says, um, he, uh, he, he didn't emphasize something here. The writer did not say, hold on to, don't throw away all of your Christian actions. Just keep busy and you'll make it through. Is that what he tells these To the Hebrews, is that what he says? Of course not. For he says, hold on to your confidence in God. He says, do not throw away your faith in God. Do not throw away your confidence or boldness. It is the heart that is of first importance. From the heart must all Christian actions flow. And so as we're attempting to persevere in the faith, you might try to pull yourself up by your bootstraps and say, let me do more Christian things. But he says, don't let go. Don't throw away your confidence. Don't throw away this conviction of things unseen. What must be kept in the mind and the heart when the trials and the persecutions come? How is this perseverance possible in the faith? The writer of Hebrews says, Remember how the Lord enlightened your mind. When the Lord enabled these Hebrews to endure these hard sufferings, what did the Lord bring them through? These hard struggles, all these sufferings, they were reproached publicly. I mean, we get ashamed, you know, we can be ashamed in public and whatnot. How about become the public stock, put on public display? Um, God brought them through by faith. How about if you were uh, even, uh, it was necessary for you to support someone who's put in prison. Well, then you would have to identify yourself with them. And he goes further, their property was plundered. This is what the, the Lord brought them through. And what we're getting to is what disposition did the Lord grant the Hebrews as they went through these sufferings? The Lord supernaturally granted these believers compassion. They had compassion on those who were in prison. The Lord supernaturally granted them joy as they endured these sufferings. Naturally, a person has a great desire for their own well-being, but these believers were stirred within compassion to the point that they would partner and support the brethren in prison. This is a mighty work that God is doing, and He has been doing in all of His people for all the ages. God gave endurance to the Hebrews, and I would say God did more than just get them through their suffering. Because God granted the Hebrews this compassionate heart that led to compassionate actions which showed the power of God at work in His people and it gives glory to God. Don't settle for a second. If you think that the the fulfillment of salvation and faith in God is just getting through this life, Look at the example from the Scriptures, those who possess faith. They could have compassion and do compassionate acts in great times of suffering. What disposition did the Lord grant the Hebrews as they went through these sufferings? The Lord supernaturally granted these believers the compassion and joy as they endured these sufferings. 
God even granted joy in the midst of the suffering. Specifically, when someone took their property. Read it there in verse 34. It, it takes, it, we need to read it a couple times. You joyfully accepted the plundering of your property since you knew that you yourselves had a better possession, an abiding one. The Hebrews were joyful when someone took their property, the property that they had probably worked so hard to acquire. You can think about somebody taking your property that you've worked for. If the Hebrews didn't have this property, then how are they going to make a living and take care of their family? How are they going to be able to take care of the brethren in prison if their substance is taken from them? Oh, they'll need these, these possessions, won't they? Does the scripture really say that, the, that God enabled them to be joyful? It's joyfully accept the plundering of their property? Yes, he granted joy to these believers when their earth, earthly substance was stolen. Thankfully, this passage states the reason that the Hebrews could have joy at this time. And it's that final phrase there in verse 34. Since you knew that you yourselves had a better possession and abiding one. The writer of the Hebrews does not want his readers to forget the past work of God to bring them through the sufferings. The writer of Hebrews does not want his readers to forget what the Lord had lodged in their minds and their hearts to bring them through. What did they know? What caused them to have hope even when they saw their property plundered? How can they have joy as they look upon this sinful scene? They know that they have a better possession. An abiding one, brethren. Listen to the encouragement from the scriptures. How tightly do we hold to the things of this world? Christ is better. Everything can be taken from us. Christ is our possession. Yes, we've entered into it now. You can read over and our brother might be dealing with it in chapter 12. He says, you have come to. It's as if you've already entered this, this eternal possession with the Lord. Yes, we have begun. Don't throw away your confidence, which has great reward. There is a better possession for the believer in Jesus Christ. You have need of endur endurance, verse 36. So that when you have done the will of God, you may receive what is promised. The promise is not just to make it through. Not just to weather another storm in this life. The promise is a better possession. The promise is a better country. A heavenly one. The promise is a better resurrection. And so the Lord is a rewarder. He is a rewarder. He gives a glorious reward. The Lord fulfills his promises, you see. I know I'm scattered and skipping around, but let's look at verse 6 of chapter 11. Without faith, it is impossible to please him. For whoever would draw near to God must believe that he exists and that he is a rewarder. He rewards those who seek him. 
Most sometimes we think in the in the essence in the way of oh I'm going to work for a reward I'm I'm due the reward based upon what I've done. The Lord the Lord has a reward prepared for His people. Trust Him, believe Him. It is by faith that Moses, verse twenty four and following of chapter eleven. Moses believed in the rewarder. Um, Verse 24 and following, By faith Moses, when he was grown up, refused to be called a son of Pharaoh's daughter, choosing rather to be mistreated with the people of God than to enjoy the fleeting pleasures of sin. He considered the reproach of Christ greater wealth than the treasures of Egypt. Why? For he was looking to the reward. We're starting, you know, the curtain's coming back. We're starting to see how could all of these uh, believers persevere? How was it possible to endure in the faith? They knew that God was a rewarder. They're looking to the reward. They knew there was a better possession. Certainly it's to know Him. And it is to enjoy Him forever. Brethren, one day there's going to be a great deliverance that comes and you have been delivered. But one day you will be more fully delivered. So the call of verse chapter 10, 32 through 36 is for this patient waiting for the fulfillment of God's promise. Yes, you may suffer, but God is going to fulfill his promise. And A.W. Pink puts, nothing but real faith in the veracity of the promiser. Nothing but real faith in the veracity of the promiser. Your faith's got to be in God and in His ability to accomplish what He said He will do. Only that can sustain the heart and prompt us to steady endurance during these seasons of trial and suffering. Our focus is upon the Lord and what He has said. And so, many times we like to draw the stark distinction between Old Testament and New Testament. And Old Testament and New, and we say it's altogether different. But then the writer of Hebrews goes throughout the whole chapter, chapter 11, pointing us back to how faith by Old Testament saints um, is this example of the endurance of the faith. And so, The just shall live by faith. The ones that God has justified will always depend and trust and believe in Him. And so the writer of Hebrews points the attention to these ones he's writing to. How He says, not just remember how you have endured, chapter 10, 32 through 36, following, don't just remember how you have endured with uh, a focus upon faith's final reward because you knew you had a better possession. But now remember how the people of old endured for they had an eye on faith's final reward. Oh no, you mean really in the Old Testament these people knew things of the glory of salvation? They knew something because they knew quite a bit because verse 13 of chapter 11 through 16 tells us that they were looking forward for a better country. These all died, the patriarchs, not having received the things promised. They didn't possess the land. They might have lived in the land and were nobads in the land and lived as in tents in the land, but it wasn't their land. 
Abraham didn't get to see that innumerable number of descendants of his. Not having received the things promised, but having seen them and greeted them from afar. Oh yes, having acknowledged they were strangers and exiles on the earth. The people who who speak thus make it clear that they are seeking a homeland, a fatherland, if you will, a better country, we'll see. If they had been thinking of the land from which they had gone out, they would have opportunity to return. But as it is, they desire a better country, that is, a heavenly one. Faith's final reward. So as we endure and we trust in Christ and we depend upon His shed blood for the forgiveness of our sins, know that that blessing and that deliverance is not just for things in this life. This is an eternal deliverance. This is a better country. This is a heavenly one. These people, these Old Testament saints saw themselves as strangers and exiles. You know, Abraham didn't even have a place to bury his wife. He did not own a speck of earth to where he could even lay his beloved wife in the dirt. He had to buy it. ESV study note says, even after 62 years of semi-nomadic existence in Canaan, Abraham has no permanent location to call his own. And that cave, cave of Machpelah, we find out further in that note that that possession was even not the most important. We're so happy that he was able to acquire a place to lay the bones of, of his departed wife, the body of his departed wife, but tradition, this cave now, where the location of that cave now, there's a mosque over the top of it. And so you say, What's the big deal about Abraham getting the cave and even be able to, for the descendants to be buried in it? Because the tradition is there's a mosque over that today. Oh, they knew there was a better country. They knew that there was a heavenly one. And there was going to be no mosque erected in that place. For it was going to be the Lord himself who lit up the place. And there will be eternal worship offered to him. Continually falling before him. Crying out, worthy is the lamb to receive. All glory and honor and dominion. For by your blood you ransomed the people for God. We've got to have, if we're going to have the faith that the Bible speaks about, we've got to have faith upon the final reward as well. Yes, he's going to give us by his grace great faith to have victories, and even go through sufferings in this life. But there is a final reward, brethren. We're strangers and exiles here. You know that the New Testament picks that up and describes all believers as strangers and exiles. So there's a better country and there's a better resurrection even. You mean the the Old Testament saints knew about this better resurrection? They had hope even further than this life? Yes, they did. Look there in verse 35. The second half, some were tortured, refusing to accept release so that they might rise again to a better life. ESV puts it, but King James and and most, they uh, most translate that better resurrection. Amen. That they knew that there was a better resurrection. 
Abraham, it says, he had faith that God could raise the dead. He had faith that God could raise up Isaac, the promised one. But then these are talking about an eternal, everlasting resurrection. We know that some women received back from the dead by resurrection, resuscitation in this life, but they were going to die again. Oh, but there is a better resurrection. There is an eternal resurrection. What is the conclusion? Continue to endure in the faith. Continually look to Jesus, the founder and the perfecter of our faith. Um, So let's look to chapter 12, verses 1 and 2. I I do need to make note of uh, verse chapter 11, verses 39 and 40. All these, though commended through their faith, did not receive what was promised since God had provided something better for us. Apart from us, they should not be made perfect. Apart from us, the ones who live in the time when Christ has come and has accomplished all these purposes, and we can see very clearly how this eternal existence will be established. It will be this new covenant in His own blood. Apart from us, they, the Old Testament saints, won't be made perfect. Oh, this is better, brethren. Better than the old covenant. This is better than what uh, the information that the Old Testament saints had. They had enough, but they didn't have it all, it doesn't seem. Because there's something better for us in this day since Christ has come, he says as he writes to these. He says concerning this salvation from 1 Peter chapter 1. The prophets who prophesied about the grace that was to be yours searched and inquired carefully. Those of old were trying to see what exactly was going to be happening, inquiring what person or time the Spirit of Christ in them was indicating when He predicted the sufferings of Christ and the subsequent glories. Listen to this. It was revealed to them that they were serving not themselves but you. Speaking of those living in the time after the resurrection of Christ, after the fulfillment of salvation where Christ says, it is finished. They were um, things that have been announced to you through those who preach the good news to you by the Holy Spirit sent from heaven. Things into which angels long to look. Brethren, there is something better for us. In what way? It's that we live in this time where we can clearly see how Christ is the fulfillment of all of God's salvation promises. So endure in the faith. Continually look to Him. Believe His testimony. Every time you open up the Bible and you see what God has declared, He will do and has done in Christ Jesus and will do as He fulfills all of what Christ has accomplished. As all the... Uh, people of God are brought in as all the lambs or all the sheep of God hear the sheep of Christ, hear his voice and follow him and they know him. Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witness, chapter 12, let us also lay aside every weight and sin which clings so closely. Let us run with endurance the race that is set before us. How are we going to do this? Verse 2, looking to Jesus. The founder, the author, perfecter, or the finisher of our faith, 
who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame and is seated at the right hand of the throne of God. Look to Jesus. Look to Jesus in faith. We will certainly be eternally in his presence at the right hand of the throne of God. We will be there. Why? Well, I asked you if you had the faith. Had you been convicted of things that you hadn't seen, you were not gathered with Jesus and his disciples in John chapter 14. Are you convinced of this? Here's the testimony of God. So te- you, you see if you believe it. I say believe it, for this is your only hope. Let not your hearts be troubled. Believe in God. Believe also in me, says Jesus. John chapter 14, verse 1. In my Father's house are many rooms. If it were not so, I would not have told you that I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go prepare a place for you, I will come again and take you to myself that where I am, you may be also. And you know the way where I'm going. Thomas was confused. And so Jesus made it very clear. Verse 6, I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. Look to Jesus, what he has done on behalf of wretched sinners such as us. He lived a perfect life. He lived a righteous life, you see. And now sinners might be given the perfect righteousness of Christ, declared righteous. But oh, what about those sins that they've committed? Well, He provided purification and atonement. He appeased the wrath of God by pouring out His own blood as He hung on the cross. Endure in the faith by looking to Jesus. He has done this. He will accomplish it fully. Therefore, holy brothers, you who share in a heavenly calling, consider Jesus. That's what it says, Hebrews chapter 3, verse 1. Therefore, holy brothers, you who share in a heavenly calling, consider Jesus, the apostle and high priest of our confession. Patiently endure with faith. Christ provides a better possession. Jesus Christ prepares a better country. Jesus Christ gives a better resurrection. Faith's final reward is found in eternal joy forevermore in the presence of the Lord. And Lord, haste the day when the faith shall be sight. To depend upon an invisible God for a happiness that awaits us in an invisible world. When in the meantime, he permits us to be harassed with all sorts of temptations and trials and troubles requires faith. Real faith. Supernatural faith. Oh Lord, increase our faith. Let us pray. Thank you, Father, for your goodness toward us. You have said so much in your letter that's recorded to the Hebrews. Would you expand our minds and our hearts to this truth? May we have ever-increasing faith and belief in your testimony. And thank you that within that, we know that this is an eternal salvation. We know that there is a better possession because your word says it. We know that there is a better country. We're just strangers passing through this life. We know that there is a better resurrection, and it's all because of the accomplishments of Christ. Father, thank you for this good word from your word. We ask, Lord, that you would 
Enable us to live by faith. Strengthen us. May we patiently endure for your glory, for your honor and your praise, for the spread of the gospel. May we patiently endure for the good of our own souls, we ask. And it's through Jesus we ask this. Amen.